Hey gang, sorry I've been away for a while. I have been a little bit burned out, but also trying to figure out my own creative mojo. And anyway, I'm just trying to get back on the horse. Um, recently, I published a piece on DX Tips, which is my side project that accumulates all my DevTools writing and DevRel writing. Um, and this is an interview with William Hockey. William was not really on my radar because he was a co-founder of Plaid. And Plaid, I think it's a company that a lot of DevTools founders look up to. But Zach Parrott was pretty much the front and center as far as, as far as public attention was going. William was kind of the CTO and left pretty much right after the initial acquisition offered by Visa. Anyway, so um, William came on the radar really recently because of Column, the new bank that he bought. And that was just a really interesting, audacious goal. He's a pretty young guy, I think younger than me. Um, and I just think just very interesting um, person in general because he doesn't do a lot of publicity but when he came on to the Cartoon Avatars podcast he was so warm and personable just never seen him like this because I actually went back in time and listened to his podcast interviews from like five years ago and he was nowhere near this open um, so it's definitely opened up a lot more in the past uh, five years anyway so I think this interview I need to give a little bit of context. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna read you my essay on this. It's gonna have a little clip of notes of, of the audio interview, and then I'll, have, I'll, I'll finish up with the rest. But I just recommend you to, first of all, read along on DX Tips, and then second of all, listen to the interview because I think the, the whole thing was fascinating. Uh, I think they had a lot of rapport because you know he was a, Zach was an early investor. So um, let me start. The unreasonable effectiveness of owning the experience. DX tips from Plaid founder William Hockey. SaaS API founders should not miss this week's Cartoon Avatars interview with William Hockey, former Plaid co-founder, CTO, and now founder of Column. He does not do interviews often, and rarely do you get this level of insight into a $13 billion fintech category-defining behemoth. What follows is a TLDR for those who, well, TLDW. The $12 billion UI decision, owning the UI. Many SaaS API providers take pride in being behind the scenes or being white label to appeal to as many enterprise customers as possible. Jeff Lawson often proudly talks about how many people use Twilio without realizing it. The TLDR is hockey bet the company on going against that received wisdom, forcing 100% of its customers to migrate to Plaid hosted UI with Plaid's logo and Plaid's branding over a period of two years with a lot of pushback. He estimates this decision alone was worth 90% of the company value today. Side note, of course he would estimate that, it was his decision. So here's where we clipped to the interview. Yeah, so I think the most successful decision we made was um, was actually owning the interface, like actually the physical design and owning the, owning the client side. And so what that means is when we first started, we were this transparent infrastructure provider. And so the consumer had no idea who we were. And so let's say you were uh, a fintech app. You would collect the necessary credentials from the consumer. You would send that to your system. You would send that to Plaid. Plaid would do what it needs to do and send you back the data. So, so just to give the use case here. So, so Venmo, I have Bank of America and I'm signing up for Venmo for the first time. I need to deposit uh, money into my Venmo account. Venmo is a customer of Plaid's. And so... The integration uh, that ends up happening is powered by Plaid, and Plaid has the infrastructure that will go integrate into my bank, 
and help deposit the money into Venmo, right? Is that fair characterization? Yeah, exactly. That that that's that's definitely close to it. And so what you need to do is let's say you bank with JP Morgan, you need to hook up your JP Morgan account to Venmo. And so Venmo can pull money and send it to Zach. And so what happened is you didn't know as a consumer that Plaid existed in that flow. And we realized that this was kind of problematic because as a consumer, you were not getting the same experience hooking up your bank account to Venmo as you were when you hooked up your, your account to Square Cash to Chime, to Coinbase, own whatever. And that had a lot of issues. It had a lot of security issues, but also had conversion issues because every application thought that their design was best or whatnot. And so what we decided to do is we actually made them kind of display a Plaid-designed UI to the consumer. And they, in this case, was Venmo or whoever, whoever your actual customer was. They had to, and you guys actually had the logo uh, as well, right? It wasn't just the UI, it became the brand too? Exactly. And so we kind of made the application insert our branding, our logo, and all experience into the application. And that was extraordinarily controversial, as you can imagine, because these applications want to control the experience. And I, I totally empathize with them. But I think for us, what we recognized that we needed to establish some level of relationship with the consumer and provide uniformity across these applications because we were the only one focused this hard on conversion. And what we found is when we did that, it actually started converting a lot better in the, in the, and the consumer actually started to feel comfortable, like, hey, I know this screen, I've seen this before. And it also allowed us to do a lot of micro-optimizations around messaging certain banks and just allowed us to kind of have a platform that we could actually deliver content and software directly to the consumer. And it was never to actually cut the application out, but it was more to actually deliver a better service to them. And now 100% of traffic flows this way. And it's actually one of the only reasons that we have good relationships with the banks because those sensitive data never actually hits the application anymore. And we can also, if a bank wants to make you accept some terms of service or something like that, we can deploy that instantly. Or if a bank, you know, we need to take down for a second, we can immediately do that. And so it allows us kind of instant flexibility, but it was a very, very challenging rollout. You know, it took almost 18 to 24 months. There was a lot of pushback to it. But I think if we didn't do that, A, consumers would have a good enough experience. Also, we also would have got commoditized and it would have been really easy for these applications to switch it out. And it would just been a worse experience for everybody. But I think that I'd say probably generated like 90% of our market cap today. One of the things we were talking about before you jumped on is like the culture of execution at a smaller, nimble company versus a Google. I mean, kind of the classic combo, but you just had like a really interesting example, right? Like you build this new UI, this new workflow is controversial. You've got to go roll it out to all your customers over like 18 to 24 months. You expect feedback that's not necessarily so positive and nice at all time. How do you do it? Like, what, how did you organize it? How did you think through that problem? What would you change? And when in the process, right? Because like, if you did it too early, they would have been like, fuck off. We're going to go work with these other people, right? And I, I think this may sound controversial, but I think this is kind of why founder, founder like companies win a lot is it was not a popular decision, right? You look at any sort of metric, you're like, okay, we're going to like pull consumers and consumers like, I don't care about this. You pull our customers and like, I objectively don't want this. You pull the banks and they're like, we're not going to respond to your survey. <laughs> and, and you could... You could clearly, and you could clearly pull your employees and you're like, well, this is obviously bad. And it was just something, I'll be honest, that I just felt very strongly about. And, you know, we were young enough that you can just make these high conviction bets and you say, I think this is right. 
I can't back it up with data, but we're just going to do this. And that was kind of how it works. And, and that's what we did. And it, and I think it was a controversial decision for three or four years. And I think now it's definitely the right, the right answer, but it was just something that you have to have convection and just, and just go with. I think it was also, we just knew, like, I think as a founder, as an early employee, you just have so much fine grain, nuanced knowledge about this area that nobody else spends time on. And I see this with founders a lot is when they go try to do product interviews or customer interviews, they're assuming that the people they're interviewing has similar knowledge, interest, or insight to them. And that's just not the case. And so we just felt like there was a bit of an arbitrage where we kind of knew where the industry was going to play out. We knew what the banks were going to react. And so we just made the, made the gut and did it. See, isn't that magical? Uh, it's me again. We are able to switch back and forth, mostly because it's me doing all the editing and I'm valuing my time at zero, but whatever. I just love this stuff. Uh, if you want to talk about it, if you're listening, I'm always happy to talk about this stuff. Basically anything I post on this podcast, and that's the whole point of this podcast. Um, so one way to view this move is concluding that Plaid customers were so bad at their jobs of optimizing UI that just providing the APIs was not enough. You have to go beyond the API to provide UI. The motivation is twofold. Self-protection, which is uh, Plaid-oriented, and conversion optimization, which, which is customer-oriented and Plaid-oriented. So where my eyes really popped is how far they took this. He literally said 100% of traffic uh, flows this way, which is near impossible for most API companies to do, especially if customers threaten to leave over this decision. I'm sure they definitely lost customers over this, but they just did it anyway. Um, so you can try the full UX in plaid.com slash demo. Uh, I put a link in the show notes as well. You can also see Stripe, a Plaid competitor that stayed relatively behind the scenes, increasingly start to own the experience as well with billing in 2018, where do you see like the, the billing invoices. Checkout in 2020. And I'm sure there's tons more of Stripe product that I'm unaware of. Stripe Checkout's own marketing sounds eerily similar to what Hockey just said for Plaid. I'm quoting Stripe Checkout. You get the benefit of all this and everything that's to come. Even faster load times, additional payment methods we add, compliance with future payments regulations, and every optimization we make to maximize conversion, all without major code changes on your end. So again, trying to put Stripe in the middle to build the customer relationship, but also telling people the story of better optimization, which is also true. So it's a, just a win-win there. Um, I had a reader who also reported that Klarna also does the same thing. You can read the DX Tips post for more info. So here's my conclusion. This is a product direction you can expect more SaaS APIs going forward as they seek both to build their own customer relationships and to serve their B2B customers better by doing their jobs better than they can. So I had a bit more of a bit more conclusions. I did some notes on the column API and the bank uh, direction, but that is more speculative, obviously, because it's a new new venture versus Plaid, which is an existing giant. So have a fun if you're interested in this stuff have fun reading the rest of it on dx tips otherwise i'll see you next time